A little heads up before we start. This episode is about relationships and contains a few instances of mature language and concepts. Nothing major, we just want you to know in case you are a little sensitive about that sort of thing. Alright, let's get started. So, a couple of days ago, our producer Isu was out doing some research. That's what he calls it when he looks around Twitter. He was looking for love stories and there's an entire part of Twitter dedicated to cute love stories. For example, this girl named Chelsea tweeted that someone she did not know was asking her for help on a trivia question. The question happened to be on Friends and Friends happened to be her favourite show. So they had come to the right place. Less than a month later, she updated the tweet saying they were dating. A month after, she was in love. Six months passed and they had a wedding date set. It's May 9th of this year. There is another story of someone called Adesua. She tweeted about how she met her partner at NYSC camp. He was having a problem fixing his passport photograph onto a document. Someone around offered him chewing gum, which really isn't a smart idea, and Adesua overheard this. Instead of minding her own business, she offered him a glue stick that she just happened to have in her fanny pack. They got along after that and started dating. Isu reached out to her to get the rest of the story. This was her first boyfriend, so as a tactic to scare him off, she told him she wasn't trying to date anyone just for fun. She was here for a long time, not a good time. Three years later, he proposed to her on her 25th birthday. Apparently, he was here forever. He got married in October of last year. The best part of this already cute story was the thing the husband said when returning the glue stick back. He said, Do you just have to slide around for sticky situations like this? There are lots of cute stories like that on the internet. People bonding over books, someone proposing to his girlfriend in a movie theater by making his proposal into part of the movie. Love stories are nice when they have cute endings. But not all love stories have cute endings. I was say the heartbreak or the basically the loss of of a relationship that yeah that I really um, cherished and stuff, and that was a few years ago. And we were friends first, and we dated for a few years after we were friends. So we had been friends for like, I think, about two, three years before we dated. Um, yeah, so that was cool. It's like dating your friend is always great, isn't it? Falling in love is nice, but what happens when you stop falling? The title of this episode is Sometimes You Stop Falling. I am Shei Olubaba, and this is Inside the Bubble. A crowdsourced podcast about social bubbles. Every episode, we feature stories from different people about their experiences around a unifying concept. We do this to show how different or similar life outside our bubble is. Falling in love is like falling asleep. It's slow at first, then all at once. That's how John Green described love in his best-selling novel, The Fault in Our Stars. 
For this episode, we wanted to explore that falling, but the end of it, not the beginning. You see, in movies and in books, and in all the places where people talk about relationships and love, it's not very often that they explore the time that it didn't work out. There are way more stories told about happily ever afters, and not enough about they were not meant to be together. It makes sense because stories about successful romances give us hope. But what if there's also hope in the stories that don't work out? That's why we are making this episode. It was never going to be about happily ever afters. It was always going to be about it not working out. Some of the titles we had for this episode were The Heartbreaker or The Heartbroken. That was Bissy's idea. Pretty good name. No one ever talks about how love ends. Not sure who came up with that one. And then love is not a bottomless pit. Sometimes you stop falling. That's the one we went with. But we removed the bottomless pit part when we started writing the script because it seemed a little too dark to call love a pit. So we are talking about the end and a lot of people have experience with relationship endings. Like the person in this voice note. Um, for me, there are two relationships slash situationships. Um, in the first one, I think it was like a physical attraction. So I kind of didn't really, I knew it was going to end, to be honest. I didn't think it was going to hurt as much as it did when it did end. I think um, when it ended, it was more of like a wounded pride situation. Um, yeah. For the second one, though, because I think it was a deeper connection, um, I knew from the start that if it did end, it would hurt like a bitch. Uh, pardon my French. But like, yeah, um, I knew I knew it would hurt from the beginning, I think. Yeah, so. Even in an episode all about endings, the beginning is very important. So that's where we're going to start. From the beginning of Adonis' story. My name is Adonis and I am basically uh, I, what I do. I'm a couture in training and, um, well, that's what I hope to be. I've been doing that for the past couple of years now. And uh, basically it's within the fashion industry, um, pattern cutting, designing, styling. In other words, she's a fashion designer. She's been doing it for a few years and has a runway show under her belt. She has also had a few lovers in her lifetime. I've dated, I would say officially, I've dated four people so far, but I've had in-betweens, <laughs> so I didn't necessarily date them, they're just like mini things and stuff that happened, yeah. And I've been with my boyfriend for a few years now, yeah. Shh, don't tell my dad. Adonis shared the story of one of her past loves. A friend from secondary school who she later dated. They met at a summer leadership camp for teenagers. You might know it. It's called C School. And I, well, officially met him at C School, which is funny because I actually didn't know him. Like, I, I'd seen him at school, like in secondary school, but I didn't really, like, I never really spoke to him or anything, like, because he was, yeah. I had a cousin who was in a set. I have a well, I had a cousin who was in a set. And she actually had a crush on him. But I didn't know that it was him. 
And she didn't let me know that it was him until after we had dated, which was a few years afterwards. And I was just like, oh, if only I had known. Although I don't think things would have necessarily been different, okay? But <laughs> I'm just like, okay, that was just, that was just funny. That's just like a funny PSA. Adonis cousin having a crush on him was just the beginning of a trend with Akoni. In C school, most of the girls had a liking for him. And because he was from the same school as Aduni, she was the designated wingman, or woman in this case. Akoni must have been some special type of man. I can already picture it. Chiseled abs, smooth dark chocolate skin. I'm sure he smelled good too. Had great hair. Then again, this was secondary school. He definitely looked nothing like that. He looked like any other boy. But to be honest, there were only like a handful of boys at C-School. So in truth, yeah, it's because there was a lack of boys. That's why they liked you so much. Just saying. But yeah. They were friends for the rest of secondary school. Some playful flirting here and there, but nothing too serious. Being a set ahead of her, Akoni graduated first and they drifted apart, as friends tend to do when they no longer see each other five days a week. Then, Aduni graduated and moved out of the country, and something rekindled the friendship. This time, with discussions of them dating. Um, the discussion of us becoming, like, having or starting a relationship didn't really happen for another few months, I think. Well, when I say few months, it wasn't more than two or three months, to be honest, before we started dating. And um, we just, it just kind of came naturally in a way because we've been talking in that we kind of you know where you just you know you just serenade each other anyhow yeah we have just been like talking in that kind of like you know okay there's something that's almost definitely gonna happen here like if it didn't happen it was it would have been it would it wouldn't have it would have been weird if it didn't happen because it was just kind of like well it was leading to that so but yeah Anyway, and then, funny story, yeah, the day he was like, oh, because Dad was like, okay, are we dating? Like, what's going on? Like, are we, you know, because I like to be clear. Not because I'm particularly, like, a much of a relationship person. No, not really. But I just like to be clear just so there's clarity, you know? Um, And, yeah, so that, I remember this night. Oh, man, it was the funniest night when, basically, he asked me to be his girlfriend. It was, I was, oh, I would never forget this. We, <laughs> I was in the room, I was like, we were on the phone talking, Skype or something, or FaceTime, I can't remember which, but yeah, and he was, you know, asking me, and I knew, okay, I knew what he was about to do, Um, and then I thought, oh my God, this is so sweet, this is so, you know, because there was music playing the background and i was like oh my god he's setting the scene oh that's cute you know i'm not crazy romantic but that was cute and i was like oh that's cute like oh this is nice and then <laughs> and then he asked me right the music stopped and then he asked me no actually the music kept going this is how i realized that okay the music kept going when he was talking and i was like ah, oh god why are you not pausing the music i can't hear what you're saying and he's like what are you talking about what music Turns out that I had been, I'd mistakenly pressed play on my laptop. Yeah, <laughs> I was playing music. 
And I assumed. And it just happened to be something that was like nice and romantic and stuff. And it just and I just assumed that he was the one that was playing it the whole time. So me I'd be smiling stupidly. Like on the uh, oh my god. On the phone, like, yeah, you know, oh my god, this is so nice and sweet. And now turn out that oh yeah, actually you were the one playing the music and anyway you know what so we laughed about that and that was funny and yeah that was the night that i was like okay yeah we we started officially dating and that's how adonis one and a half year long distance relationship started they saw physically only once during the time they were dating and adonis admitted that the distance contributed to the breakup but it wasn't the reason for the breakup it was just one of those things Long distance makes some parts of a relationship harder, but they also make other things better, like communication. Communicated well. We didn't have any problem with communication. Well, I would say the best part of that was the fact that we were friends. And because we were friends, we never lost sight of that even after we started dating. So that was always, we always had good conversation, literally. And I remember clearly when our conversations when we weren't even talking in the silence we had a beautiful silence like you know when you can just be silent with somebody and just sit down and it's not awkward it's not uncomfortable it helped that aduni and akoni were already friends so they understood each other and had great chemistry a lot of relationships end because there is no chemistry or communication is poor but that wasn't the case here so what happened? I would say it was, I made a mistake. It was just the way I said it. I'm not very, sometimes with, it almost seems like when I get intimate with the person, I kind of clam up and I don't necessarily know how to, which, ugh. I said that I, I was like, even from when we started dating, I was like, oh yeah, this isn't gonna last anyway. So, you know, let's just enjoy it whilst we're together. A self-fulfilling prophecy is often a good way to guarantee a breakup. We are different in the sense, we were different in the sense that um, he was more of a, okay, like eventually later in life I would want to have kids and then uh, probably get married, not have kids out of wedlock because he loves children, get married and stuff like that. And I, on the other hand, completely not that that was not the path that I would be taking at all in my life or I think even still think anyway that I'll be taking in the sense that okay I'm not necessarily I've never actually wanted to have my own children I've always thought I'd adopt kids or not have them so yeah that was something that I made very clear and I, I say I'm not sh like shy about it having it difference of opinion on very important things we had differing opinions now we're from two religious two different religious backgrounds um my family were like multi-religious i mean extended family right and his is just one he usually would come up in conversation and you know about maybe something that he'd seen or said because yeah and Latino said, and I would strongly disagree because I'm a very strong disagreeer. More difference in opinions. Okay, there was one time when it almost got to the point where I, because sometimes I lose myself, I get so passionate, la da da da, whatever. Anyway, 
it almost turned into like a bit of like there's like a little hint of disrespect because I wanted to shook him. I wanted my point to enter very well. So I was very intentional about what I had said, which I knew that was kind of going into red zone, red territory. <laughs> That's literally but I wanted it to I, I wanted my point to get in. I can't even remember what the point was anymore, but yeah, so I remember that day was sort of like a there was a sort of shift because it was quite close to when the breakup happened. When I say close, like I would say give or take a month or two. And the shift that leads to a change we never saw coming. I didn't think we'd last at the beginning. I'd already said that. You know, whether he admitted or not, like subconsciously, things like those are my little statements like that probably added up. And yeah, and that's what led to the breakup, like eventually that happened. Or ends we have always expected. We were on the phone just like talking and just gisting with each other really. And then all of a sudden, bam, the guy's like, ah. well, like, I would like, like, I want us to break up or I don't think I can do this anymore. I can't remember the exact words I used, but yeah, it ended up being, I want us to stop this love situation that's going on. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I remember being quite calm um, and just asking why. And then his reason was, you know, like I said, there was a lack of physical contact. We literally saw each other for like, I think only once for almost two years that we were together. So obviously that was, that really caused some like mad strain. Um, anyway, so he was like, ah, nah, nah, man, can't just do me. <laughs> I can't do this no more. Like, I want to see you, that type of situation. And he was like, oh yeah, that he feels like he's going to end up um seeking um eh, what's what is now called it's gonna end up seeking the sins of the flesh from somebody else that wasn't me so he was like ah before that happened like obviously and he didn't see where this was going anyway that night i just took it like you know took it like a g i was like yeah cool okay all right then what happens now and we were both clueless Have you recently fallen in love? Are you in the middle of planning your big wedding? Practicing your dance moves? Choosing the love song you will walk down the aisle to? Are you debating whether your wedding dress shall be eggshell white or vanilla white? If yes, then I have the best thing for you. I am Shei Olubaba, the best divorce lawyer in town. There's a good chance you will need to see me soon. So why not save my number as an emergency contact? I guarantee half of your husband's property. Next time your husband thinks he can watch football at the same time as your favorite show, why not just give me a call? Just before the break, we had witnessed the end of the relationship between Azania and Akoni, and they were both feeling a little clueless about what came next. Now what? That was the question on their minds. It's usually the question that pops up when you don't see the end coming. Most people claim their breakup was mutual, but someone usually has to bring it up for discussion. In Adonis' case, she was merely the victim. The subject of our next story was the mastermind of the breakup. 
Calling him the mastermind makes it seem like he had the plan all along. But really, it was a series of events that led to him making the decision. You know, she had our flaws. We both had our flaws, but yeah, I really, I really liked her. We all do have our flaws. And we recognize that it's usually easier to see the other person's than it is to see ours. This story is one man's point of view of the things that moved him to break up with his girlfriend of eight months. It started with the fact that he felt like she was fixated on things. Things that didn't matter to him, but mattered a lot to her. There was a time that I took a picture. <laughs> I took a picture, yeah? And... There was um, I had a sticker on my phone. My sister actually put stickers on my phone. You know, just I don't know. I don't know why she does it. She put some stickers on my phone, so I took a mirror selfie, right? And there was a sticker on my phone. I sent it to her. She was like, ah, "Why is there a sticker on my phone?" I'm like, "I don't know." My sister put it there. So she was like, "Ah, the, it looks feminine." I'm like. Okay, I don't, I, I don't really pay attention to it, and I actually like it because my phone was like kind of small and slippery, so the sticker is like, you know, resists the phone from falling from my hand. So she was like, that she wants me to remove it. I declined. I told her no. That I actually liked it. There. That was how it all started. She started picking, telling me that I don't take her serious, our opinions don't matter, stuff like that. I'm like, guy, this doesn't even make sense. You know, that was for like three days because of that. But then, I think, yeah, I went back, I apologized to her. Do you get As a normal guy now, we moved on from that. Then. And then there's the strained communication they used to have. This is a popular thing in relationships. People in relationships tend to communicate their emotions in inefficient ways, like silent treatments or so attitudes, without ever saying what it was that led to the feeling. Leaving the other person to guess. It happened a lot in this relationship, with one particular occasion standing out. I think we went out. We went out and yes, okay, we went out and um, there was this. We met. I met a long, like a friend of mine that I had not seen in like seven years. A girl actually. She actually saw me first, then she hugged me and all that. So we were just talking, you know. She was waiting beside me. I introduced them. We talked for a while, for like five ten minutes. We were actually waiting for a movie. Then after the movie, she started acting up. <laughs> we, I asked her why, because I didn't understand why she would be acting up. She was the one that instigated us going to the movies. She picked the movie, we watched the movie, we had fun. I actually had fun, we both had fun. So I didn't understand why, you know, she was, she was acting up that day. Then I go back to my room she didn't even give me any reason i just found out that i was blocked she didn't talk to me for like a week 
Then she came back and told me that she's sorry, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't know what happened. I seen me hugging somebody else in her presence. Well, she couldn't take it and all that. And I was like, come on, guy. This doesn't even make sense. You should have just told me. She's just my friend. I had not seen her in like seven years since I left secondary school. So, I didn't, I didn't even know what to say. Do you get? But then, at that point, you know, there are actually some very details that I've skipped. But at that point, I think I was already getting tired. At that point, I think I, I didn't even bother again. I was already getting tired because it was, it was exhausting. And I was in my final year, right? And Stress in other parts of our lives also affects our relationships. It's hard to love when you have a lot going on in your life. We aim to be able to maintain the balance, to be able to prioritize loved ones first, but we are not as good at it as we wish. And when presented with a reason to not have to look for a balance, we take it. Then she started telling me about how other guys are eating on her and how if I don't get my shit straight, you know, she has other guys on her, you know, kind of, that kind of thing. I think that was, that was, that was the deal breaker for me. At that point, when she told me that stuff, at that point, I knew nothing was going to happen again. Like, she couldn't continue it again. I'm a very proud person. So, after she said it, I just thought, that, that, okay, since you have guys, you know, you have people that are toasting and all that, I'm sorry, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be among them. I don't want to compete. I'm sorry. We are, I'm done. I don't want it again. I mean, I felt like, I felt disrespected. So, yeah, that was why I broke up with her. Now, this would be a good point to say something about these stories. Something we think needs to be said. There are multiple sides to every story. And sometimes when you hear all the sides, some things don't align. Nothing is ever black and white, and there is no clear-cut line. Making a perspective podcast, we're fully aware that these stories are unique to the person telling it. And stories like the ones in this episode are very subjective. But that doesn't make them any less valid was sharing. Adani, from the first part of this podcast, had told us that right after the breakup, she felt numb and clueless. The relationship had ended, yes, but the story hadn't. I think I was kind of numb. It just kind of felt empty. But it, it, it wasn't, I wasn't like in a state of like sadness and crying. That one came later. Oh, the hysteria came later. It came much later than that, which is so fucked up. But anyway, anyway, Sha, a few months later in, we were kissing other people. And um, yeah, whatnot. I don't even know why we told each other that. I think it was some level of trying to get him jealous or he was trying to get me jealous. I don't even know. In Adini's mind, they had gone through a smooth breakup. No shouting, no big fight, no tears. It was just two friends who started dating and then returned back to being friends. The dream. The thing about dreams, though, is that we eventually have to wake up. One night, after perhaps too many drinks, Akoni reached out to Adani. That pissed me off. 
Lagao sent me some like messages and things and was like saying some not very nice stuff over the phone and actually what hurt me the most was him saying that oh yeah that I didn't I didn't love him that he felt like I didn't love him he's quite he was quite intoxicated in those messages anyway so really like but like oh that I didn't necessarily like love him as much or like I didn't feel as much as he did for me and whatnot and yada 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 and that would piss me off because I was like you Lula how dare you say shit like that and everything like I would have thought that of all people you would know that yes I'm not like particularly like oh super emotional or super this or whatnot but you would know because or anyway like we were friends and then that happened you know and then the whole before the whole romantic whatever happened, so I was kind of like a bit disappointed about that. Anyway, some people feel pain immediately. They go through all the steps of grief right there and then, while the breakup is happening. And some other people have a delayed reaction. Adonis is one of those people. The breakup had happened over the phone because most of the relationship had happened over the phone, so Adonis had not felt any strong emotions. By nature, Adonis was not a big shower of emotions, so it didn't seem off to her that she hadn't felt any grand loss. Akoni was probably going through some of it judging by his intoxicated escapades. The year after the breakup happened, when Adonis and Akoni had moved on to new relationships, they finally saw each other for the first time since the breakup. Terrible timing, terrible, terrible timing. When we saw each other, okay, that was that got quite emotional, and um, unfortunately, we wasn't like we could. There was no, you know, sparks were just flying. It was just like, pew, pew, literally, sparks were flying everywhere, and things were like getting things got a little bit like out of hand in terms of like, I mean, we were both seeing other people, so it wasn't an ideal time at all to like have these feelings stare back up but that's bad feelings now you can't control them and so we basically like talked and i think it was just seeing him that was when he finally hit me that shit man this person is like gone for, like gone not gone for good because he's not dead god no but like he's not with me anymore and then that was when they will break down in tears and i was like oh my god obviously not in front of him god no never cry in front of anybody but <laughs> yeah the tears just came trickling down hot tears as i was inside the shower oh my god i did the stereotypical like you know the fun stuff where you're like in the shower you just start to ah that was me i was in the shower at home and I just literally like crouched to my knees and I was just crying and like, oh my god, like finally I go and this is sad, whatnot, whatnot. But obviously at the time I still have to like reiterate that I was with someone as well. So it was a very it was a very twisted situation because I couldn't control the way I was feeling and I knew I shouldn't be feeling like that, but then I couldn't control it. So it was like it was mixture of feelings of like oh my god this has finally hit me i feel like my heart has been wrenched out of my like literally you know when they say heart wrenching i felt like my heart was literally being wrenched out of my chest because i knew that okay it almost seemed like we were breaking up again when 
I finally saw him and then we talked things out. It literally felt like we were breaking up again, even if there had been time in between. So it was this like heart-wrenching sadness. Adinia and Akonia are still friends. Casual friends. They call on birthdays and holidays. The anonymous guy from the second story and his ex aren't. Things ended a bit weird. Endings are really hard. Like, really hard. No one knows what to do with them or how to maneuver their way through the complex terrain. I'm talking about ending a podcast episode, not so much about relationships. Although, the same applies for both. Let's do an exercise. Think about a recent breakup or an old one that still haunts you. What was the hardest thing about it? It is usually not the end itself. It is the things surrounding it. I have a story about breakups. Three, in fact. <laughs> one case in which I was a heartbreaker and one that my heart was broken. The hardest part of one of the relationships had to do with the fact that we had mutual friends. We'd been dating for some time and I had been super vulnerable in the relationship. He knew quite a lot about me, including things that, looking back, I might have preferred to have kept to myself. I don't know. Maybe I both liked and hated that he saw me so deeply. I sometimes think that's why I became a dick to him. He started to tire of me and our conversations became strained. One night, we had a conversation about taking a break. A break. I don't know what I thought. <sighs> From that night, our text dwindled till he simply stopped replying me. I felt like I was talking into the void. All my texts were met with silence. Long, uncomfortable silence. And then I started to wonder if the break had been a breakup. I stopped wondering when one of our mutual friends asked me why we broke up. I did not know we had broken up. I think that was the hardest part. Talking about the breakup. Being the one to tell the world that we had broken up. That we had ended. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the episode. It means a lot. Thanks to everyone that contributed to this episode by sharing their stories. This episode was hosted by me, Bisi Adedo, and Sheyo Lubaba. The voice of the husband from the beginning of the episode is Edith Ekbo, producer at Inside the Bubble. This episode was written and produced by Iso and Bisi. You can find the links to all the songs in this episode in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Pod of Bubbles and tell us what you thought about the stories in this episode. Subscribe to Inside a Bubble wherever you get your podcast and share this episode with a friend. Or an ex. <laughs> it really supports the work we do here. We will be back again in your podcast feed on May 8th with an episode on career choices. I always wanted to be an actress. That was the first thing I always wanted to be. 
I've always loved movies. I've, I love watching them. I love seeing the people on TV imitate different characters. I just always wanted to be on TV and I wanted to act. Until next time, this podcast was recorded in a bubble.